Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Almost live from the trenches of New York City, here are your middle-aged warriors, Chris Cimino and Rick Summers. Well, thank you, Valerie Smaldone. It's nice to, nice to hear those dulcet tones. I have to admit, Rick, she is the most consistent person on this show. Isn't she solid? Absolutely. <laughs> That's the beauty of being pre-recorded. Many, many, many. No, months. don't tell people that. She's just so consistent on the mark all the time. But, yes, she uh, is. She's really welcome. good at what she does. Yeah. Welcome to Middle Age Warriors. And uh, my partner, Zeke, how are you today? What's going on? You know what? I'm doing okay, Chris. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Been busy. But uh, we've got a very uh, important, I think, guest today because it just it's a never ending, evolving process and tale and story, whatever you want to call it, in dealing with COVID and now with the vaccines and the booster shots and who's going to get them and who's not and all of that stuff. And we've got a great guest, I think, to clear that up for us today, right? Yes. We're going to talk with uh, a prior guest who's been here before, is a real expert and just has his hand on the pulse of what's going on with COVID and everything else, seemingly, in medicine. Shouldn't every doctor have their hand on the pulse, though, isn't that something I, I they guess do for so. a living? <laughs> good, good point. <laughs> no, but, but Dr. Brian McDonough, who's been on our show before, uh, he's on 1010 Wins here in New York on the radio. He's been on television. I, I first met him working down in Philadelphia, Fox, and that was, I think, back in 1995. But the thing that I love, and I think you will agree with me on this, is his his tone, his demeanor, he's not preachy. He's just trying to get the information out and for people to understand, you know, the whys and the where's and the when's and the what's of all that's going on with this pandemic. Well, you know, and that's exactly what you'll hear in the interview coming up uh, shortly. Um, unfortunately, you were pre-committed to something else. So I spoke to Dr. McDonough on my own um, and he missed you. And I missed yes. you. <laughs> I did hear that, and I, I'm sure we'll have I'm sure we'll have him on again, and hopefully each time uh, the news gets progressively better. So let's get to the, to the interview. But first, of course, we've got to have a word from our very important sponsor. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season, and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, BELIEVE50, to receive your bonus. Now for basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Brian, it is just it is so good to have you again. And you know, I was going back through my notes and looking last we spoke was in February, so eight months ago or so. And it's just it's amazing what we've been through, huh? It really has. It's uh, we've seen a lot of great developments. You know, we still obviously have seen a lot of death, unfortunately, but I, I see things improving and uh, we've gotten through, you know, a great deal and we continue to, you know, to kind of crawl out of this and you can see a, 
a path forward, I think. You know, it's funny because I remember when we talked last, you said, well, if we can, if we can get to April uh, and then maybe get through the summer and then start to restore some of the things that we once knew, like going to sporting events. And nowadays I drive through Manhattan on uh, a weekday and it's like traffic has never been busier. I see people out like nothing ever happened. And it's kind of bizarre. I don't want to say I miss the pandemic, but I love the quietness of what life was for a little while. Yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, there were certain things I think we took out of this, at least I have, that I think we probably have a greater appreciation of family, greater appreciation of some of the simpler things that maybe we had forgotten about. Uh, you know, I think that's a positive. I mean, it's trying to find a silver lining, obviously, out of something that's very uh, frightening and scary. But at the same time, I think that was a positive. I think to a large extent, many people have pulled together uh, and, and you see the good in people. Um, and I think even a lot of the social change and a lot of the things that uh, that just happened on this rapid, rapid path, I think some of it's very good. And I think some of it were... We're understanding, you know, a lot about each other and the struggles each other face, uh, whatever our backgrounds are, because we all kind of were in this together. I mean, that's the positive side. Uh, the negative side, I, I still wish we didn't have the divisiveness or the misinformation out there. I mean, social media gives. Uh, we can do programs like this and use the technology to inform so many people, but it also takes away. I mean, it also puts you in a position where anyone has a voice so they can say anything. I mean, a case in point, uh, yesterday, we're recording this the day before we're recording this, uh, former Secretary of State Colin Powell passed away. And when you look at it, you see that he, uh, you know, lived this wonderful life. And uh, at the end of his life, as many people do, at 84 years old, he was battling uh, multiple myeloma. He was battling other, he was battling health issues. And that, of course, weakened his immune system. And despite the fact that he had been vaccinated twice and was about to get the third vaccine, from what I understand, um, he succumbed to the condition he had and COVID obviously precipitated it. And you see what happens in the media. There's people... One side saying, listen, the more people we could have vaccinated, the, the greater the opportunity that an individual like Colin Powell might not be exposed. And then the other side saying, oh, here's an example, the vaccines don't work. And it's for whatever reason, um, vaccines which have been given for literally over hundred years and successfully given, all of a sudden it's become a big issue. Uh, things that we took for granted have become a big issue. I'm so glad you brought it up because that was one of the things that Chris and I were feeling was very important for us to discuss because I knew um, as soon as word got out that he'd passed yesterday and he'd been vaccinated, that the other side, if I may say so, uh, was just going to run with that ball and say, see, the vaccines don't work. But this really had nothing to do with uh, the fact that he had the vaccinations and and as you and I and Chris discussed a few months ago, even with the vaccine, there are breakthrough cases uh, that should not 
diminish people's need or want to get the uh, the vaccine, one of the many to choose from at this point. And you and I were talking before we started our show today about how amazing it is, how far we've come in the last 12 months and then some, uh, and how quickly we got vaccinated and vaccines okayed and rolled out. And certainly there are going to be proponents who are going to poo-poo everything. But from a medical standpoint, what you've seen is just unprecedented. Yes. I think if I really you know, talk about it honestly, openly, the best I can, and uh, we've had a chance to talk before on this program, um, I've continued to see patients throughout the entire pandemic. And in the early stages, and I, I have a son-in-law who served in the army as a captain. And I remember we would always say to him, thank you for your service. And we truly meant it. And I thank my daughter for not being with him, the time, the things that the military go through. Um, in a weird way, people were saying, thank you for your service. Thank you for what you're doing for me. And I always felt, well, I'm kind of a coward. I'm not, I'm not the guy who ever wanted to have that said about me. But the truth of the matter was, now, prior to the vaccine, you know, as much as you prepared yourself, especially at my age, going in to see a patient, you just always wondered, would this be it? And you were you were reminded of it coming home, dressing in a garage and having a blow up bed in the basement and all those things. You real and the roads were empty, and you were thinking, right. oh my gosh, like this is really the real deal. But it's what you signed up for and what your profession was, and and tens of thousands of people went through that. And we just dreamed for a vaccine, and then we finally got one. And I remember I was so excited. It couldn't happen quick enough. I was so excited to get the vaccine that I knew that there was that extra layer of protection. And I think I learned over time how well the vaccines work because you have a lot of time, so you study them. And what I really learned about the, the vaccines for COVID is Unlike, let's say, a measles vaccine, which is a lifetime vaccine, or a tetanus vaccine, which is designed to last 10 years, this vaccine is designed to last six to eight to 10 months because there's a knowledge that coronavirus, this common virus, will mutate. So you gotta, you gotta get a, you gotta keep updating it. And I realized early on, this is much like the flu. That's the best analogy that every year we get flu shots to adjust to the flu. And we also have medications available to treat people who might get it. And despite that, despite the vaccines, despite the medications, 36,000 people every year in the US die despite our, our best intentions. And I realized that COVID's gonna be another flu essentially. It's gonna be, we are gonna lose people, but we can minimize that loss. I mean, when I look, you know, I do my Coronavirus Today podcast and I, every time I update the numbers and when you're at 725,000 deaths and you really think of what that means, or you look at that field in Washington where they, they actually have flags and you realize that, yeah. you know, you see the devastation. And so the goal of the vaccine was basically to protect those who are vulnerable, most vulnerable, and to try to get as they talk about a herd immunity, try to get it reduced in our environment and then continue to give the boosters. Um, what I did not anticipate because all I could see was this is gonna protect people from dying after watching people die 
was that there would be objections to something that was like like a gift from the heavens. I looked at it and went, why? I, I still have trouble, you know, understanding how anybody would not want something that would help them and their loved ones. It doesn't make sense scientifically, um, you know, and processing it over the last year, I try not to get angry. I try to just educate and hope most people mean well. They've been given misinformation. If we can somehow help them understand and explain things, you know, it, within a respectful way, you might get more people to choose to get the vaccine. And um, the cynic in me will tell you that two times in my career, I've seen politicians get involved in health. Early in my career with HIV, and then, um, you know, the late part of my career with this. And, and the way I, I assess it is I think, this is just me, I think politicians need votes, they need power, they need attention, they need whatever they need to do what they do. That's what a politician does to get in a position. I think they've, they seize upon issues that affect the entire country. And it just so happened HIV was very polarizing at the time. It was a lot of social issues associated with it. And there was mm -hmm. a stigma. And so people were taking one side or the other. And in this case, there was this uh, a sense of, if I'm going to be free and control my body, I should be able to make a decision of whether I want to get a vaccine or not. It became an issue. And for whatever reason, you know, politicians often think about their career. Whereas I think in medicine, we all think about our careers, but we're, we're kind of wired to think about keeping everybody healthy. And I kind of thought the two times that politicians, and I say the word because I'm not picking one side or the other, the two times they've really gotten involved, they kind of botched things up. Like if they just left it to the, to the doctors and the scientists to do what they do, it probably would, we wouldn't be in this mess. You know, growing up, or I should say living as an adult in New York City, <clears throat> one of the things that I learned is that forever is something that may or may not exist in certain aspects of your life. Cockroaches will last through nuclear war. I've been told. I don't know. I've heard but, that too. But will this disease uh, be with us um, for the rest of our lives and moving forward? And just it's you know, learn uh, really from a medical standpoint and from an individual standpoint of self-care, of just taking care and not taking chances and being smart and managing it because this is, and I put it in those air quotes, the new norm. This is what we're going to be dealing with. Well, coronavirus has been around in a wide variety of forms forever. And all of the forms until yeah. now, were things that might make you sick, uh, might you know keep you home from work, or you go to work and you get ten other people sick, and we kind of all been dealing with that. You, and you get exposed to it, and you build a natural immunity. And in fact, you'll see that you see that people who have been exposed naturally to COVID, who get through it, will have an immunity for an extended period of time that's probably better than the vaccines. But the problem is this form of the virus. It's lethal for many, and it also has devastating long-term impacts that we're just beginning to see in people who seem like they got through it. So unlike 
all the colds and things like, you know, we used to say kids that went to daycare, that first year was like horrible for parents, but then, they're like, <laughs> but then they're like soldiers. They don't get sick like we did. If we didn't go to daycare, you know, for the next five years, they're protected. And that's kind of the way the immune system works. But this is so devastating of a virus that you just don't know who it's going to attack. So to answer your question more directly, I think you're going to see different strains doing different things. The, the, the Delta strain is not really more aggressive than the original strain. What it is, is it spreads easier. So a strain that allows it to survive, that's what in, in, in virus terms, it mutates to stay alive. It, it basically out, it outraced everybody else. So all the other virus things kind of just died down and Delta took over. Now, will another virus come in? And that's your fear. Will it come in that is more aggressive and it attacks, it's faster and it kills more? Or is it faster and it's much less aggressive? That's what will determine things. And that's where the scientists with the vaccines have to keep going forward. And this brings us way back to the initial thing though, is the more you have resistance to people getting vaccinated, the greater the opportunity for viruses to be out there and mutate. Because what happens is if the virus gets in somebody's body, it mutates in the body. So in other words, there was a patient in an ICU, I just read the story and it was about seven months ago where the virus mutated, like they literally could tell like four times during the, the length of a long-term ICU stay that it was in the body, you know, changing and doing things because all a mutation is, is something that goes wrong in the replication of the virus. And then some things make it die and some things make it more powerful. It's what happens to humans over millions of years, but in virus time, it can be, you know, months. It's part of our generation. It's interesting, you know, I, I started doing videos to try to educate people. And, and I started realizing like, not that my videos are gonna matter in the future, but I, you know, you watch, you watch these uh, Ken Burns documentaries or you, or you see a David read a David McCullough book and you realize it's when they, they normalize things, they take an average person like you or I and something that exists, whether it was a, a note that was written to someone or a, today's world, a video or a podcast, they'll take something like that and they'll make it part of history because it's available. And every time I do one of these, I go, what part of history do I want to be on? Like what, if someone were 150 years ago to watch my videos and God help them if they had to, but if they did, <laughs> you know, would you, would you be medically accurate? Would you be polite in how you dealt with things? Would you be socially aware? Like, you know, well, how would you want to be remembered? And I think that's how you kind of want to live your life. You want to be like, what side of this do you want to be on? Like, do you want to, try to help the most people, you know, and, and, and you're not always, the way medicine is, and I constantly say, you're not always going to be right. I mean, it's a very humbling career. The, you know, I, when I do my media work, I'm a genius. I really feel like I'm a genius. I'm just, I got, cause I'm reading a script. I'm, I'm reviewing things. I've got all the top experts helping me, but when I'm really one-on-one -on -one with a patient, it's just me doing the best I can. And all of a sudden I go, you're really not a genius. You know, this, this rash is, this rash this person has is, is fooling you. I mean, how smart are you? And I think the humbling nature of that makes us, any of us who, who work in medicine, 
makes you realize, you know, we're flawed and we're doing the best we can. So when people look at something that's been said, uh, let's say Dr. Fauci says this or that, he's doing the best he can with the information he has and trying to guide. And you can punch holes in it. And I think you can punch holes in anything anyone does. But if you really want to, you can. And the, the thing that makes science tougher is that it's also very, there's a lot of knowledge that goes into something you say that if you explain it to people, you'll bore the heck out of them. So I think a lot of times there, there isn't that comment of why they said it because you'll lose people. They just, you know, most people don't have time. If I got somebody giving me financial advice and they start talking about things at a certain point, you know, you close your eyes because it, it's just beyond you if that's not your field. You know, uh, in interviewing um, Peter Greenberg, one of your colleagues, at one point or another, I'm sure, because you guys have uh, been around the horn a couple of times. Um, he talked about one of the great things about going through the pandemic and being at home was discovering new things, as you had said before, about family and where you live, things you'd never seen. And that was kind of a gift that was glass half empty, glass half full. I mean, it depends which side of the glass you were drinking from, I suppose. But, you know, as we look back on this year, uh, year plus in this history, I think you will be remembered certainly as somebody who was kind, tolerant, and I'm not your kid, so it's hard for me to say, you know, what a great parent you'd be. But the fact is that you're knowledgeable and you are a genius and you're a genius in medical information that you know, but also in how you deal with people. Because a lot of times we're all talking heads and people are relying on whatever it is that's coming out of these, uh, these mouths of ours because we're on the radio, we're on TV, we're on a podcast. And I just want to say that Chris and I are both so appreciative of your demeanor and your approach and your calmness going through all of this and uh, that's how you should be remembered and not that we should forget you anytime soon so there you go well that was very kind i appreciate that and i think the bottom line is if we can you know again continue to reach more people i know more lives will be saved you know one of the things in my career having done a lot of broadcasting is you kind of go through it and after most of us at a certain point you go okay glory's great i love this and you start to look at what can you achieve through this? Like there's a greater purpose than just banging out the story that's going to increase the ratings or make money for the network or whatever. It becomes what can you do using this vehicle to help others? And I think the one thing that I've done that, that was essential, and you know, obviously people have come to me since I started, uh, everything that I'm doing for COVID, podcasts, whatever, I'm not taking sponsors, won't take sponsors and continue mm. And it's at least kept me, people can't attack you because, you know, uh, Pfizer is backing you or whatever. I, I'm not, I'm just doing this in my own time because I feel it's, it's most pure in that way. And I'm not a hero. I mean, I make money doing other things, but in this particular case, I kind of knew that you had to, I, I, I've purposely uh, not jumped on the CNN, MSNBC, Fox train and done all of those evening appearances 
because it, it and again there are people who need to and they're doing a wonderful job but there's a polarization there right now so if you become the go-to person for any of them there's a group which is going to see you as one of them even if they're pure and you know then you can talk about dr john dr gupta and a lot of brilliant people who are using these vehicles and using them well but in my purposes it, it was an opportunity just to stay independent and that's been helpful because uh people have been very respectful in the how i mean i've said things that people totally agree, disagree with and i just try to respond i mean if it's not a bot or something which you can kind of tell fast i respond in, in a polite way and say listen stay safe this is my view and people have not really by and large attacked because i think you're right i think if you treat people with respect it's hard for them to come after you and 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 it is easy i mean there are times you want to lash out and you just have to kind of control that and just say that's not getting anybody anywhere by the way i uh went and had my annual physical a couple of days ago and the doctor said because uh, we were talking about compliance with uh, vaccines and stuff and he was beside himself about how many patients he had who come in for their annuals and still refuse to get vaccinated. And to that point, I always uh, get a flu shot and I got mine this year. And I'm very proud of the fact that after getting the vaccines twice and now the flu shot, I feel like Superman and interminable. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, I'm in the same situation. You know, I, I try to explain to people and, and they say no. And I say, okay, I understand. And I say, be careful. Uh, I, you know, I need to try to explain it. But I agree when when people get them, they, they do feel better. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, some of the vaccines you for a day or so. I know I just oh, got, yeah. I, I was I got Pfizer the earliest. So I just got my, you know, my booster for Pfizer. And I get like a joint pain for like 36 hours and my arm hurts and I just know it's going to happen. And that's what affects me. And I don't look forward to that, but I will take 36 hours of some joint pain and kind of slowing down over a weekend as opposed to the protection it gets. And I mean, and that's, you have to view risk versus benefit. And that's what I think is important. I think what we're seeing, and, and this is my, you know, not predicting the future because it's the present. I'm really worried about our healthcare system now and the burnout factor. Because what we're seeing in hospitals, basically staffing is about 30% down. People are wow. just getting down. And, and part of it, the biggest part is, even though people, nurses, doctors, other healthcare providers, even though you're prepared to accept, uh, you know, people dying and getting very sick and it's hard to handle it for such an extended period of time with so many people who don't get better. And then you throw onto it, the present environment is the vast majority of those in the ICU and those in the hospital who are COVID positive have not been vaccinated. Um, and the, they come in objecting and insulting and wanting ivermectin and things. People are getting they're at a certain point going, I can't do this anymore. And that is a fear because people are getting out. And I, you're going to have a combination of those who are sick with other issues, heart disease, others might not be able to get access to the care uh, because everything's clogged up. And yeah. who are people providing it? And that's a worry because I think 
we probably need for healthcare workers and, and for most people, but maybe more mental health support, uh, other things, discussions, talking about it, because if somebody's not verbal and they're stoic and they put up with things, I've seen it, they just at a certain point say, I'm out. And there was no chance to even help them. And I think that's a worry for our healthcare system, whether it's in your doctor's office or whether it's in your local hospital. And it doesn't matter. Some of the wealthiest hospitals, the poorest hospitals, they're seeing it across the board because it's not, it's not about money. It's about just, I've given all I can and I don't have much more to give. And, and that is a concern. Um, and you see it, you know, I've always said, nurses provide the most important and best care in the healthcare system. And you're seeing it in nursing because they're the ones, you know, that are with the patient 10, 12 hours, you know, in isolation, dealing with them, holding the, holding the iPhone when they're talking and doing FaceTime to their right. family members and being the last person to hold their hands. I mean, they have to do that again and again, and it takes a toll. Well, as we move through middle age, and uh, I know how important it is to see the doctor annually, um, I like the fact that we can speak to you more frequently than annually because you bring such great knowledge and, as I said, uh, just a wonderful demeanor to the whole medical industry, which is filled with a lot of talking heads at this point. But uh, what you bring to us is a gift and i just uh i know you've got a full day ahead even though you have a couple of days off which is a rarity but i want you to go out and enjoy some of this beautiful fall weather and uh hopefully we will talk to you again soon well i always enjoy joining you say hi to chris for me and also the other thing i think the important is on a positive note we are in a far better place now than we were last time we talked and amen we anticipate things will get better uh you know they just came out Merck. it's the beginning but uh pills that can be taken uh, you know we have the monoclonal antibody treatments there's things that we can start to use and we will get to the point where this is like the flu and then we'll move from there that's such a good point to to end on i think we'll just leave it at that well great job rick once again the doctor has uh, not disappointed in delivering no, really some long yeah he's just uh Everything I said in the interview, I know uh, I spoke for you and you're in total agreement. He's just a decent um, talking head about anything and everything. And I really enjoy his company. No, he's a, he's a great guy. And the funny thing about it, as I was listening to this interview, uh, obviously it was not there, but uh, in listening to it post, he was answering questions if you know beforehand you had asked me are there any particular questions you wanted to ask and there was a couple of them and absolutely yeah just like abstractly he started answering them you never asked them and one of them in particular and it really and it is something that i think people have to understand and realize this isn't a measles vaccine that it's kind of one and done or maybe two and done this is more like going to be a flu vaccine every year it's going to be a little bit different perhaps and we just have to get used to that that being part of, you know, the normal protocol. And it's not that scary if you just look at it that way, I think. Have you had your booster yet? I have not had my booster. I am, I think, um, on the back end for me, I am officially, what was it, six months or eight months later? Six months. Six months. Yeah, yeah. six so months am, after the second shot, yeah. So I will be eligible probably at the beginning of November then, pretty soon. Pretty yeah, soon. me too. I'm. Mine was in the middle of May, so I... Uh, 
I'm coming up and I am eligible because I'm immunocompromised, apparently, mm. <laughs> as well as compromised. In oh, other ways. there's more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm your friend. I can say that. I love you. You know, no, you're absolutely right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's something that, you know, people are now confronted with again. I mean, probably the people who went and got the double shot or even the J&J shot, uh, most of them, I think, will say, okay, I, I, if I did that, I may as well do the follow-up just to make sure that it stays effective in your body. And Most of the people that you deal with compliant, have they gotten at least one shot yet? I, I know some people who haven't, uh, I'm not going to get into naming names or where they, no, no, the no, no. but yeah. uh, I would say it, it's few and far between truly. If I had to put a number on it, at least 90 to 95% of people that I know uh, have received the vaccine. So yeah, uh, yeah. it's, um, you know, it's just one of these things that, you know, and, and we had, I was talking to you about this, uh, you know, off mic just a few minutes ago, but I was on, on a job one day and there was a little break in between and the conversation started to come up about, you know, giving the free choice to have a vaccine or not have a vaccine and who should be accepted into a hospital then if they did have the vaccine or not in an emergency room, you know, that type of thing. And this woman brought up finally, she said, what everybody's forgetting is that we live in a society. And Hello. Society, what's that? I said, hello. Yeah. And it's a society that, you know, the decision that we make isn't as individual any longer. You have to sort of surrender to a degree. Again, I know people are going to go, oh, this is socialism. Yeah, but for a society as a whole to function, and it's a big one here in New York, that's for sure. Yeah. You know, there has to be a group mentality of what's best for the whole, for the whole society. If you want it, the woman goes, well, if you don't want to be part of society and get the vaccine, then go move up into a mountain and hide in a cave. And that's where you're going to live the rest of your life. But I mean, you that might what? be extreme, you know, but it's true. And we're OK with that. But uh, <laughs> exactly. as, I, as I said to you, it's all about me. And it really is indicative on so many levels in society today. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what it proves. I don't know why people have to feel this sense of, you know, and but the choice of where you're trying to be relevant <laughs> and, and prove your existence is often in anger or defiance and nothing else, nothing positive. I mean, that seems to be the way people would rather be represented today as, as being up in arms and pushing back. And, you know, there are certain things we, we should do that with and we should question. And I, I understand that and I can respect that to a degree. But some of this stuff, it just doesn't make sense. And it's predicated on false information and sometimes lies, flat out lies. Yeah. Well, and, and the finger pointing is that uh, I don't want to say us because we, we're not us anymore, meaning the media. Mm. Um, but uh, I understand that. And uh, fire sell newspapers. So there you go. Let's yeah, I mean, blame the newspapers. That's it. OK. <laughs> but again, you know, bl blaming is it doesn't really get us anywhere either in, in the end yeah. of it, but it's just, an, we need to understand, we need to calm down. We need to take a deep breath. And that's what I think, you know, Dr. Brian McDonough kind of brings to the table every time he's on our show. So again, uh, thanks to him very much for joining us. And I'm yeah. sure uh, we'll be joining, you know, joining with him again down the road. Any last uh, thoughts, comments, things you want to, no, just, you know what? Thanksgiving is not very far away, which is hard to believe. Um, I had the luxury of going back onto the website and listening back to some of our past interviews from 2020. 
and 2021. And uh, really, you know what, as uh, an insider, really enjoyed some of what I was able to hear. And, and you, that, liked your, you liked was, your own work. Look at you admiring your well, own work. Then. No, I was admiring yours. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, no, really. Well, thank you. That's very I, you know, we were able to, uh, to speak with some really interesting people, and we don't always make great points, but to be honest <laughs> with you, uh, turn around and listen to any podcast you want. Nobody is making, you know, nobody's knocking it out of the park 100% of the time, but it's nice to be in the batter's box and get no, a chance to swing. And, and what I like about it is I, you know, look back at the show because we have uh, the ability to see how many listens and, and things of downloads and things of that nature that are going on. Even off of every release we have each week, uh, I've noticed people are going back and listening to some of our older shows, which we always, always encourage because they're really, some of them are evergreen. They're not, you know, meaning they that are. they're not dated and they're not going to be old news and they're in, entertaining and interesting to hear and informative. And I, and I hope more of you uh, will continue to do that, but I'm glad we're back uh, into a groove. Yeah. And, and thank uh, you for the people who responded to uh, our post of a new show last week. And yes. this week, I hope you enjoyed this one as well. Thank you. And, thank you for uh, missing us. Yeah, um, <laughs> really. It's nice to be missed. Yes, exactly. All right. With that, Mr. Rick, until next week, I will say sunshine always. Stay well. Be smart. Be good. Feel good. Thank you so much for being a part of Middle Age Warriors here on the Believe Podcast Network. And of course, once again, this show is brought to you by Bet Online. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, preferably five stars, no begging. Uh, we're available also on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com, that's B-L-E-A-V.com, and at Believe Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.